You're listening to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a question for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the college recruiting process? You have come to the right place. Jill will bring you expert tips and interviews with special guests to help you take a deep breath and know, yes, you are moving in the right direction to find your college team. After this podcast, don't forget to head to Jill's shop page to purchase her two guidebooks that will make everything in college recruiting much more clear and simple. Let's get started. Welcome back to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. Today I have a really special guest. Uh, I was thinking back... um, Hard to remember when you when you your family hired me as an advisor, but this is Rebecca Walsh today. She is a mother of three gymnasts who are all in college now, but back when they were in high school, and I think Tara was even maybe eighth grade, her youngest maybe. I it's hard to remember. I tried to look back in my notes, but I can't even remember how long ago it was that you hired me as a family to work with all three of your daughters, um, and now some ones graduated and um that it's been quite a journey so I'm excited to have you Rebecca I know I just want to give a little introduction Rebecca is a lawyer her husband is Ron and they have three daughters who are all gymnasts and out of the state of Michigan so welcome Rebecca and maybe you can open with just kind of giving us a little bit more uh about your daughters and um any details like maybe where they went to co- where they are at college, where they went to college and um, anything you might want to add to your introduction. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. And I always love to talk about my girls. So I'm happy to share the journey that we went through, which was we've had quite a long journey over the years. Um, and I was thinking it's probably been about eight years. So eight years, um, thinking six, yes. you're right. probably more like eight. Yes. Um, my, so I have three daughters, my oldest one, Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth uh, was, she was a level 10 for I think two years and she had a back injury her junior year in high school that led her to retire from, um, uh, doing gymnastics, but her recruiting started, I believe her freshman year in high school. Um, and that was back. So that was back when they were just starting to open up to, um, kids who are a little bit younger than junior. So, um, I've kind of been through this whole system where it was older girls and then they went all the way to recruiting seventh and eighth graders. And now they're back up to recruiting at the junior year again. So, um, when Elizabeth started, we were looking, um, at schools, she was looking at Ivy league schools and, um, some, some D one schools. I don't think we looked at any D two or D three schools, but we did go to a number of, um, uh, schools that were mostly, well, I, I remember going to SEMO and um, Yale and a couple of other schools. I don't remember. It's been a long time for her, um, but she always, every time she, we went to New Hampshire, every time we went to a school, she would tell me, um, I love this school, but I want somewhere closer to home. So she ended up going to Michigan State University and was an hour away. Um, she actually got a job coaching gymnastics and has been coaching at um, Gym Tactics in Mason, Michigan, which is close to MSU for about a year and a half. And 
actually has turned into a pretty good recruiter um, of other coaches and she finds others, other former gymnasts and, and dancers and athletes to, who have, have started coaching um, gymnastics now. She just graduated in the spring and um, a major in education. So she's just started this week um, on uh, teaching third grade as a student teacher. Um, put in, she has a full year of that. So she'll be halfway to her master's at the end of the year. Um, Abigail is going to be, she's a rising senior at Brown University in the Ivy League. Uh, they don't start school for another couple of weeks, so she hasn't started yet, but uh, she's on the gymnastics team there. Um, and uh, Brown is a very interesting, the Ivy League, I think, is much different than any other school. And I know we probably will talk about that more, but there's a big focus on education and um, academics um, to the extent that there's not even off always time to do gymnastics and they have to take breaks during they have a reading period and exams where they don't they're not even allowed to train so they have significant chunks of time where the academics definitely comes first um, so she's going to be a senior and then my youngest daughter Tara well I guess I should talk um, Abby's Abby's road to college was um, she really wanted to be in Ivy League she really wanted to go to school in Ivy League so that was where we focused a lot we did go to some other schools um, she was just starting her senior year, so we were starting to look. We went to Michigan State, and we're starting to look at potential walk-on positions at other schools if she didn't get her spot in the Ivy League. And then she did. Um, she got a call from um, Coach Sarah that they had um, given her one of the four spots on their team for um, at Brown. So she was very happy about that. Uh, my youngest daughter Tara is a sophomore at Auburn this year. Um, she's had the, probably the longest recruiting and obviously we were already recruiting for her in seventh and eighth grade because she went through tops and was, they went to the top national camps. She's been to developmental camps, elite training. Um, and I've looked, we've looked at a lot of schools. She and I went to unofficial visits at probably every conference around the country. Um, and we, I've seen a lot of, between the three girls, I think I've been to half of the uh, Division One gymnastics programs in the NCAA, um, and Tara really, really liked Auburn when she went there, and that's what ended up working out best for her. So she's at Auburn. Um, unfortunately, she had a significant high ankle sprain in the middle of December last year, which took her out for the whole season. Um, she was just coming back. She was actually going to be in the lineup at regionals, um, and the team uh, couldn't go to regionals because of COVID. So um, she's looking forward to having a more exciting season this year. Well, the thing I remember, Rebecca, when you hired me, which I think is going to really resonate with a lot of families, is that your daughters were in private schools and education was a top priority to you as a parent. I remember you telling me that. And then I remember working with your girls um, and knowing that that was a priority, but I sensed from you as a parent that you were also open. You weren't just closed or driven to certain schools. Um, however, those were, uh, were some of the goals. We're gonna be the stronger academic schools. But I think what I enjoyed about all three of your girls were, were that they strive to do really well in school and they dreamed about I, you know, some of the IVs situations, but they also learned about all the schools 
you know, it wasn't, I didn't feel like there was as their advisor that they were gonna be just, you know, going towards the IVs, for example. And so in a way, I feel like you could almost be an advisor yourself because those years we were together, um, you were taking your girls everywhere. And that's one of the things I try to impress upon the parents is it's so great to have a parent and a family that has priorities, knows pretty much, you know, a direction that they want, but the ones that are open, I think recruiting kind of surprises them because they think it's going to be one way because they're driving their kids that way. But then the recruiting process kind of makes them realize, oh my gosh, you know, this might be a different direction we're going to go. And I always felt the freedom with you as a parent and Ron that, you know, you really just wanted the best for your daughters. And of course, you know, one did end up at Ivy, but not all three, you know, and we kind of thought Tara was going to be the one, you know, academically that might from her scores. And then she fell in love with Auburn, you know, and it was like, it, it was just really fun to work with your family because of that, you know, openness. Um, yeah, well, I think that's fair because we, um, so I, sometimes I talk to potential clients of yours or I recommend your services because we knew nothing about the recruiting process. And I, I've taken the position for many years with my daughters that there's hundreds and hundreds of schools in this country and getting a degree from any one of them is probably as good as another one with the exception of perhaps you get a little bit of a leg up if you're from an Ivy, in an Ivy League school. But other than that, it doesn't matter what school you go to. So interestingly, um, Tara is in the Honors College. And um, according to her advisor, at least, she's the first gymnast they've ever had in the Honors College at Auburn. But she's doing phenomenal. She's, you know, um, getting really good grades. Uh, is in a, the, the, she's in a pre-law program and she was invited to a join an honor society already as a, at the end of her freshman year. So um, we were looking at all kinds of schools and every school has, in my opinion, just about every school that, well, at least all the schools that have gymnastics programs, I can't speak to all schools, but um, that most of them have honors colleges. If you're looking for that little bit of extra, um, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, my kids were all in um, international baccalaureate programs, the, the full program and got the IB diploma. So they, you know, what they'll tell you is college is much easier for them than it is for most kids or they're more prepared for college, which is what one of the hopes you have in your in your daughter going to an um, IB program in high school is that they already know, they already have good study habits and they already know how to write research papers and stand up and give speeches and, and really know how to do the breadth and depth of programs to um, do well in college. So yeah, and that was our thing. We were open to, we really were open to hear what you had to say because you had so much more knowledge about the schools and the programs and you could see the girls, you could watch the girls' skill level and say, let's look at these schools or what do you think about these schools to help us find places where the girls might be a good fit, which is something that was, I don't think I could have done on my own. I don't think that we had the ability to do that, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is a team effort. That's the way I always talk about it is, you know, it, it takes a village to get them into the right program. It's not just an advisor. It's not just a parent. It really is the club coach. They uh, work with their guidance counselors at school. Um, 
and then hopefully the rest of us guiding, but you never know what's going to be that one thing that's going to help them pick that final school. It's really a, a broad base of all kinds of input. And that's really what JH Consulting is about, is being an, another piece of the pie. Um, so tell me this, I'm really curious because I don't exactly remember. What do you think was for Tara, your youngest, um, what do you think when she stepped on that campus? I do remember right after her visit, you said she fell in love with, she absolutely loved her visit. Um, what do you think was the clincher for Tara at Auburn? Well, so I'm laughing about that because when she first talked to Coach Graba on the phone, before we even went there, his first comments were, we've watched your videos, we're very interested in you. Um, um, can't remember one of this one of but one of the things he said was oh and by the way did you know we take a private jet to all of our meets <laughs> and she was like well oh I know he said we're very interested in you we'd like you to come for an official visit and did you know we take a private jet to our meets and <laughs> that was so the private jet's a cool bonus but for him to right out of the gun invite her on an official visit was I think that was um that just gave her so much confidence and, and just made her feel really good about, about um, the coach. But when we went there, the coaching staff was, I mean, they were very helpful. They were just nice people. The athletes, the, the other girls came up and talked to our daughter and talked to Tara and, and all of us, we felt right at home. We were there for an official visit. It was, I think if I remember correctly, that was the night that we watched Auburn beat LSU. Um, and it was just the, the aura in the stands. I, I mean, we in Michigan go to college gymnastics meets, but we've never been in at a meet where the arena was completely full and the stands were yelling and cheering. And I mean, it's a whole different idea. You think about doing a beam routine when there's people screaming and yelling and that pumps you up. Now, like most kids in the process would think, I don't want anybody screaming when I'm on beam, <laughs> but they're used to it. And they, they, you know, that gives them that gets the energy flowing even more and gives them more determination to do the right thing and, and, you know, do the best they can. And I, I just thought that that was probably a really big part of it. Wow. Well, it sounds like what you're um, saying is she felt wanted because I remember yes. she was going on all these visits and she was like that, that one girl, they were like, well, if this doesn't work out, you know, we're going to consider you Tara if this doesn't, whatever, it was always that on all those visits, she was right on the bubble with, with coaches and she never came home feeling like that wanted until Auburn. And then it was just like that. Now that I think back, I remember that was a big part of it. You know, they really made her feel like they could see her on the team. They knew what events they wanted her on. She was, um, you know, being recruited to them and not her just trying to say, please take me, you know, yes. and I that was a big clincher too. So how exciting. And I'm, I'm thrilled. I agree with you. One of my daughters went to college, great, great student. And she got in the honors program. And I think we talked about this several times. It can be a game changer, you know, um, for the kids who need that extra added uh, push or um, professors that are going to challenge them in different ways. And so it doesn't always have to be the very top academic school. If um, 
if you're going to find something that's going to fit right for gymnastics, you can also pursue those honors colleges in within those universities. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Right. And um, I think another, I was like, one more thing that's important about that was, um, so Tara had um, been homeschooled for a couple of years through middle school. And she had never, she had very little experience taking what I call, you know, multiple gas tests or fill in the bubble tests. And so that's, she's always learned through doing reports and doing, you know, projects about things. And when you get to the honors college, they do a lot more of that. When you're in a bigger classroom with 100 people in it or 150 people, the tests are all fill in the bubble tests. And those aren't her, that's not her greatest strength. I mean, she's good at them, but she does very good at writing papers and speeches and projects and stuff. And so the honors program is just a little more of a niche that's that's smaller class sizes and was much better for her. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. Interesting. Okay, so now for fun, let's go back to um, Abby's experience at an Ivy League, much smaller meets, uh, smaller conference. Um, like you said, the priorities on education more than it is on like at Auburn where the gymnastics isn't necessarily more of a priority but there's more pressure to compete well um probably well not necessarily but in front of big crowds so how would you say when you now you're going to both meets and you're experiencing almost in some ways completely different um experiences in some ways but what would you say as a parent um what do you see as, you know, for parents out there and kids and girls who are going to be listening to this? I hear it all the time. You know, some of them want the education at the Ivy League, but they don't want to give up the option to be at a university like an Auburn where, um, you know, the sports events are bigger. Um, the gyms facility wise for training might be different. The meets feel different. What do you think now looking back? Was it really a good, great fit for Abby? And what, what, do you, what did you notice? What, what are you noticing? So I would say definitely for Abby, um, Brown was a great fit for her. She's, um, I encouraged her right from the start, all three of my daughters, talk to your professors, you know, get to know them because that's where you're gonna make links and connections to the future. So by the end of her first freshman year, she had um, uh, established herself. She got a spot on the, as a TA working for um, the animal in the animal behavior program. She got a job working. She, they, one of the things they study there is bats, brown bats. So she actually applied for a grant between her sophomore and junior years. Um, and because of COVID, they shut it down. So she didn't get to do anything. So this summer she's there, she's been, I'm doing research with the bats and she's going to be a teacher's a TA again and basically teach her own little class of 10 to 20 students. Mm -hmm. um, and she has, she, she's been thriving in the environment she's in. She loves it there. It was a per the a Brown academics and the small campus and the small community was a perfect fit for her. Um, she's made her, you know, all three of my girls have made their little groups of friends, and it doesn't matter if you're in a campus of 40,000 or 15,000 or 10,000, you know, there's going to be, you're going to find your your pack and your five or 10 people are going to be your five or 10 people, no matter the school size. So, you know, Abby found her people early, um, freshman year, and they, she's, they've been this, she's had this same close group of friends. Um, this her senior year, she's going. It's going to be a new experience. She's living in a house. So there's six of them, 
in one house. Um, and they, one of them makes dinner every night. They make dinner, they eat together as a little family. I mean, they, it's great to see them all happy and all loving what they're doing. And they're all so very different girls and, and studying very different things, but um, still they get along very well and, and um, you know, are just, it's just great to see them all together in that environment. Wow. And what is her major gonna be? So her major is psychology, but she's studying the hard science of psychology, not the soft science of psychology. So not the therapy talking part of it, but um, more the hard science of why does the brain do this and why does the brain do that? Um, that's what she's, she's actually her. So her senior thesis will be on, um, I don't know what the title of it is, but basically she put EEGs on the bats heads and she's trying to figure out because they're, because bats are, bats are blind what draws them to food? How do they know where to go to get the food? How do they know, you know, what's the food? And they're doing, they've been doing, putting the, the electrodes on the bats and having them fly and test them all summer long. And that's a very, very like dumbed down version of what she's, she would explain it to you in much more scientific detail than I would. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. So again, you come back to everybody's fit is going to be a little bit different. And I think, so when you look back on all three of your girls before they pick, you know, your, your, your parent trying to get them through those level 10 seasons, all the injuries, all the unknowns, how, what pieces of advice would you give parents now that you're looking back and you're starting to see your daughters almost graduate and move into a whole new season of their life? You know, when you're, when you're with them, in the high school years, the drama and the stress and what you're going through, maybe with individual coaches, um, how they're being treated or not, or qualifying to meet, you know, give them, give some parents your best advice on how to manage just the club life and world. And now knowing what you know, as they're almost gonna catapult into life and be done with college. So my first thing to, my first thought about that is to, re, I don't know if you remember this, but then I know I see parents asking about this a lot. We changed gyms when Abby was going into her senior year and Tara was going into her sophomore year of high school. So my girls had a really big change um, and blossomed at their new gym. So it was a really good decision. It worked well for them. But my, the best thing I can say is one of the reasons, as you may recall, I used to tell you I hired you because I didn't want to have to nag my kids about college recruiting all the time. And so when you asked them to do something, they would always do it. And <laughs> when I reminded them, they wouldn't do anything. They didn't want to do what I wanted to do. So, um, so as a parent, um, I say, you know, get with the best people, put the best people who are experts doing things. So to me, you were a lifesaver. You saved our family so much headache, so much um, drama. It was great that we could just rely upon you. And, you know, you would email the girls every now and then, hey, how are you doing with this? Reminding them about things. Um, as you know, so some of your listeners will know, we had some struggles. Um, at our gym, and I used to send you the videos before I would post them, so you could help me decide what ones should be posted or not. Um, when my, actually my girls changed gyms, their new the owner of the new gym said, "You know, I've got some bad news for you. I don't want you to be posting any more videos." And there was silence, and she's like, 
are you okay with that? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing the happy dance. <laughs> you can't imagine. I am so happy not to have to deal with this anymore. And that coach at that gym, they did all the recruiting. So I know they talked to you, they worked with you. And my job then was to do what I would recommend for every parent. And that is to enjoy your children, to enjoy their experience, make everything be an experience, you know, don't go to some state three hours away and they focus only on, oh, we got this meet, we got to have this meet. No, you know what? If nothing else, find a mall, find a park, find a movie theater, do something, enjoy everywhere you are and enjoy every minute because before you know, they're going to be in college and you're going to be seeing them occasionally. And then the next thing you know, they're going to be out on their own in their own place. And, you know, then you're going to be, you know, wishing that you could have done more with them. And I can honestly say, looking back on it, I feel like I, I did everything I could to be with my kids. I know when Tara gave her senior speech when she was leaving Olympia, she said she actually commented about her mom only missed one meet in her whole career and how important that was to her. And I think all the parents need to realize that, you know, your job is to be the parent and, you know, enjoy your kids while they're young. Don't, don't stress out. I know it's worrisome, but you just got to trust the process and know that at the end of the day, everything is going to work out. Wow. That was beautiful. Well said. So true. Um, so I'd love for you to share a little bit too about how your girls have managed college and the pandemic, just, you know, COVID. I think it's going to be a better, hopefully, year um, because we have the experience now, but um, you never know. I mean, nobody knows, really. Right. What, as, that's the one thing. If we've learned anything through all this, uh, it can change on a dime. And so, but I do, I do sense the country wants to try to stay as open as possible and, you know, make wise choices. So, but as a parent, watching your girls go through that one at a smaller school, Ivy, they made their own decisions versus Auburn and they made maybe different decisions through the process. How did you support your girls and, you know, what was it like? So um, so I had a daughter who was in the class of 2020, the class that will always be known as the class that missed everything. Um, and we made sure she got everything. We had our own graduation. We had our own prom. We did it all for them. But she, the one thing we couldn't give her was she missed nationals her senior year of high school. And she actually was just peaking. And I don't know if you remember, she had her highest all around score at level 10 at her last meet took first. I think she took first on every event and the all around her very close to that. If she didn't, she might've taken second on something. She had introduced new skills on three events and was just getting ready for the state championships were coming up in three or four weeks. And um, she was just strong and as fit as could be. And then COVID hit. And so being in Michigan, we're different than a lot of states because our gyms closed. Our gyms didn't reopen until after September. So my kids had gone back to school um, and I'll go to so my daughter, Elizabeth, who was away at college, it actually worked out well for her because she had a roommate who wanted, didn't want to spend a lot of money for their, where they stayed their senior year. So they were a long ways from camp. They were further away from campus than I think my daughter would have been happy had she had to go to class. So I think it worked out fairly well for her. Um, Abigail obviously came home, finished the rest of her sophomore year online, which it was okay, but she went back to school, even though um, Brown was largely all online last year, but of course, Brown didn't open up their athletic programs at all. So Abby was out of the gym from March 
of 2020 until February or March of 2021. So, and then they were, she was only in the gym for two weeks and they were back out of the gym again because somebody got COVID and they all had to quarantine. And then it came the end of the year and then now summer. So in the Ivy League, the kids can't train at the gym during the summer. Um, this year's different because last year's freshmen actually didn't go to school in the fall. They went winter and spring. So they're training a little bit, but she couldn't train through the summer. She found a gym and did some, a little bit of training that she's been working on. Um, but she's really been focusing this summer on strength and continuing to do basics on the times when she can get into the gym with the hopes that when season starts again, or when they get to really start training again in the fall, she'll be able to be competitive enough to be on the team to, to make, you know, to make a, make the team on one of the events because, you know, uh, Brown's got the biggest team this year they've ever had. So when only six girls get to compete on an event, she's, you know, working very hard to make sure she gets to be one of them. Um, and that's going to be a struggle. She's been at the gym longer than any other kid on their team. Um, nobody's even been injured and out as long as she has. But I remember in the spring when she started to come back, I said to her, be very careful, do basics. You've got to get your body back in shape. And the second week she was there, Brown Gymnastics posted on their Instagram her doing one of her floor passes, and she did the whole pass, and it looked really good. So apparently <laughs> she was doing. Apparently she and Mom's worried about her being injured. She's just she's worried about just getting the job done. So, um, but I have complete faith she's going to come back and and be just as competitive as she has been in the past. And she's going to have, you know, I'm hoping for a great senior year for them. Um, uh, Rhode Island is very high. Their vaccination rate is very high. The university's vaccination rate for fall last I saw was at 87 or 89%. So, but they're also very different than other parts of the country in that they have to have a 90% vaccination rate to open up the school. So they're hope they're very hopeful that they're going to be have classes in person. Um, Abby had classes in person last spring. If there were 20 or less kids in the class. Anybody with more than that, um, they were all online. So she adjusted. Um, she did well. Her grades were fine. Um, that's that's kind of where Abby's at. We're hoping. We're hoping the Ivy League is going to compete this year. There, it looks like the fall sports are competing. So we're optimistic that the winter sports will also compete. Um, and Tara's in a very different situation. She's in Alabama, and the vaccination rate's about 35% for the state. Um, and the team, I don't know if it's an SEC or an Auburn or what the, there's some rule. If you get to a certain percentage of the kids being vaccinated, then you train differently than if they aren't. And her team is not at that vaccination rate yet. So what they did last year was, so Tara moved to school, she got in the dorm and she was immediately put into a pod. So her and her roommate were in one pod and they had three girls in their pod that were, the three girls were roommates. So the five of them were one pot. The five of them trained together. They didn't train with the rest of the team. It was those five girls came in at one time of the day, five more came in another time. And they did that so that the, if, if one team got taken, if one pod got taken out, there would still be enough girls to compete. And Auburn was very, very careful. They had the girls, the girls were in a bubble. I mean, they truly were in a bubble. They weren't allowed to go visit other kids on the floor. They weren't allowed to go out and visit kids outside of their dorm or that's what the coaches asked of them. Um, I can't speak for everybody else, but I can tell you, I know Tara stuck to exactly what they wanted her to do. It's very careful. They literally would order their food from the cafeteria 
like you were ordering online and you'd go outside and you'd swipe outdoors and somebody'd bring you a bag with your food in it so you wouldn't be near anybody. Um, unfortunately, because they, so they basically had a lot of girls, vaccines were not then and almost their whole team was COVID free and until season started. And when we went to, to SEC championships, I said to my husband, there's a lot of people in a very small space. And as soon as they got back, girls started being positive and they ended up with so many positive cases they didn't get to go to regionals last year. So I know other teams had a lot of girls that were positive early on in the year. And so they didn't even have to worry about that because, you know, they, they hadn't, they weren't in the same situation Auburn was. So now we're hopeful that things are going to be better, but um, it looks like they, at least they're starting this, the year at Auburn, everybody wearing masks and classes, but all the many classes are in person at least. Um, and I haven't heard yet about the team. I know the teams are divided up into three different groups, but I don't know if those are training groups, but they're all in the gym at the same time or not. I haven't asked yet. Um, I'm certainly hoping, and I think Tara is, you know, to, it's, it's, if you were as a coach, I'm assuming it's very hard to build up a team spirit when your kids don't even know each other. So hopefully they're all going to be in the gym at the same time and, you know, be able to cheer each other on and, and, just develop that camaraderie that a team needs this fall going into winter. So, um, and we're very excited about, you know, the new season and Tara's looking forward to being healthy and, and being able to compete for the team this year. That's awesome. Wow. That was really interesting. I'd heard some of that from the girls, different teams, but not Auburn's complete story or Brown. So very interesting how different and I think what you're saying is uh, a lot depends on the state that your university's in and then how the you know coaches are running it but by, by based on conference rules and issues. Yes. So um, it takes even, thank goodness gymnasts are fairly dedicated and disciplined and hopefully we'll continue to see some, you know, more success with dealing with all this and keeping sports going. Adjusting um, and adapting. They keep adjusting, adjusting and adapting. <laughs> and it's a good thing they're young because young people adjust and adapt much better than people. On the, the older you get, the harder it is for you to adjust. I, I hear a lot of parents complaining and I'm thinking, you know, ask your kid. I mean, I actually had, I saw in a Facebook group where a parent, and it was at Auburn, where the parents kept complaining about the classes and all the, all the mandates the kids had. And, and then one mom posted, you know, I showed this to my daughter and she said, she really wished all the parents would just be quiet because the kids were doing fine and it's the parents who weren't doing fine. So I thought that was a pretty telling thing. Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. So looking back at overall, the whole recruiting process, is there, besides what you've already shared, any last um, bits of wisdom, either to an athlete or to a parent that you might not have been able to um, express at at this, you know, with what we've discussed so far. So oh, I'm going to tell you a fun, I'll tell you a quick funny story that will be very telling. It, it has a purpose at the end. So when Ron and I were first working on getting a website, when you were telling us about getting websites, we were kind of looking at websites to see if we could build our own and quickly realized we could not, but we were looking to see like people, what they had posted on YouTube and, and other websites. And we watched, we went to some girls and we clicked on it and we watched one of her bar routines. And in the middle of it, you heard, she went through, she did her single bar release, caught it. And whoever held the camera went, 
oh my God, she finally caught her release on camera. So you have to be smart. Um, everybody, you need to be smart about what you're doing, but, you know, and be open-minded. But the other thing is, is, you know, I do know, I do personally know of at least one athlete who was being recruited by a very big school and they looked at her Facebook and her Instagram or whatever it was. I think it was Instagram and immediately took her off their list. So when you hear parents, so for the gymnast, when you hear parents and you have Jill or somebody else say, watch what you're posting on social media, it's true. The coaches, you know, if you are putting forth an image that they don't want their athletes to um, represent or their university to represent, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to want you there. You know, everybody knows what those little red solo cups mean. So you, you don't have to be holding a bottle of beer or something like that. People are going to make that jump. And, you know, if you're shown wearing clothes that are very, very risque, they don't want to see that. So to the athletes, I would say, you know what, go out there, do your best, be smart um, about what you're doing on social media, because it will be there years to come. Um, have fun. And that's the best thing, you know, looking back on it is I just just wish everybody could could um, trust in the, pro I know that's how I keep saying that, but you can't change. There's a lot of things you as a parent in particular can't change. So don't change them. Enjoy what's out there. Enjoy what you have. And, you know, accept the fact I always accepted the fact if my kids didn't do gymnastics in college, they weren't going to do gymnastics in college. That was how life was going to be. And I wasn't going to be able to, I wasn't going to, I didn't have control over that. So I needed to give up that control and let other people um, take the lead on that. So that's obviously why we had you um, mm -hmm. helping us do that. So, and being our cheerleader. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's a lot of that. All right. So last thing I always ask all my um, guests here are what do you do in your day that brings you joy? Um, Aside so, from New York and having an amazing 21st birthday last weekend, I was like, I want to come. I saw all your photos with um, your family enjoying that. Yes. That was awesome. Yeah. Yes, that was fun. So, you know, day to day, I'm we're still working from home here in Michigan. So I look, uh, my husband was home. For, I went to, to Brown to pick Abby up and bring her home the first day my husband was home. So he got the office. So I sit at the kitchen table and look out over a beautiful lake every day while I work. Um, mm -hmm. And I have two dogs that keep me smiling and, and laughing during the day. And um, my husband and I have learned that now that the kids have grown up, we still really like each other and we still enjoy each other's company. And we laugh and joke. And um, I talk to my girls. If I don't talk to them, I text them every single day. And as a parent, um, every night before I go to bed, I text them and tell them good night. I love you. You're beautiful. You know, I love you. Um, have a great day tomorrow. And every single day I make sure that I communicate with them and let them know that I'm here for them and I'm thinking about them. And, you know, I don't hear from them. Sometimes I don't hear from them every day until at night. But when I send that, usually they all respond at least once a night. And one night, my, one of my daughters, actually, I don't know what happened. I was out late or something, or I was reading a book and forgot you know, I wasn't, I didn't send it before I started reading. And one of the girls sent the goodnight message to everybody and said, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. I'm going to bed now. I, but I didn't want to miss out. So I wanted to be them. I wanted to say goodnight to all of you. So, you know, that's our, one of our little rituals that I have with my girls so that they know that I'm thinking about them every single day. And, um, and so that makes me happy. And, 
Um, you know, I just, you know, you have to find the good in life. And I learned that probably 15 or 20 years ago. And I try to find the beauty in everything that happens. Wow, Rebecca, so many words of wisdom here. Thank you so much for joining me here at College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. That's me. And we're going to have more guests in the future just like this that are going to bring all kinds of um, their, their own experiences, their personal experiences to all of you. So thanks for taking the time. And I wish you and your girls a continued um, life of goodness. And I really appreciate the way you parent. I really appreciate watching you with your girls. And you can really see that you have an amazing bond and a relationship as a family. So kudos to you all. Well, thank you very much. It was fun talking to you. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Yep. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in Jill Hicks Consulting's advising services, head over to www.jhicksconsulting.com and click on the Get Started button to fill out your forms page. One of our advisors will give you a call. We're in your corner and we'll talk to you soon.